being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening. Some of you are texting some or emailing some things in. Uh, one of you just sent a title in. I'll have Bob look at this to make sure that we are correct in our response to you. So uh, thank you, by the way. Any questions you have for us, either on air or off, you can go to the website, drive-radio.com, and we can answer questions there. You can text us, 307-200-8222, especially those of you listening on Christmas Day, because we're going to replay this show on Christmas Day. Uh, Charlie's already got a note of that, so we'll play this show all over again in its entirety on Christmas Day. But myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, and Bob White joining us. We're talking titles and wash titles we'll get into as well. We've been through some of the salvage title stuff. We're not done yet. There's still much more to cover. And if you have any specific questions, please call us. We'd love to answer that. Or any other question you might just have a regular general repair question or you know question on a car please we're here for that as well uh, we never want to you know ditz anybody on that we want to make sure we get all the questions answered as we can so even though we're on a particular topic never feel bad about calling in and asking a question randy and lyman you're next hey how we're doing Good, randy. Uh, real quickly uh i know you can't watch tv because you're working but they've been playing a lot lately on channel 33 these auctions anywhere from kansas to nevada to whatever and i mean i'm i'm just dreaming because man would i like to take some of these cars from the 30s to the 2020s just take it up to the four corners and just you know 68 roadrunner put the top down i mean there's one, oh, man, one yeah. traffic yeah, on the, the car problem is the, one the, you better have a thick wallet yeah well yeah 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 i know that but i'm saying if i have one one car on the road one cop on the road you can actually see what's under the hood a little bit and then just enjoy your trip i'm not out there to dragster anybody but Anyway, just a question of the day real quick. I'll throw it in. I wish they'd bring the Pontiac back out because, I mean, they, they made some good cars. I mean, I had a 79, uh, we call it a Grand Prix. I think they had that thing dang there 10 years. Had a T31 in it. Motor got rebuilt right after I bought it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it lasted forever. I had the chain link steering wheel, the Uga horn, the big flat thing on this uh, for your gas pedal and all that. But, all right, besides that, here's my big question. Uh my vehicle, the 99 Cherokee, 4-0, straight 6, all that, uh, I put a lot of money in that thing. I could think of three things I haven't done, which would be maybe the cat, oil pump, uh, time and chain. Okay. I'll drive it I'll drive it from Key West to Seattle and worry about nothing more than about, you know, is a car worth keeping and money and this and that. As far as the crate engine, I don't know if they make that in the crate engine. But if I want to get it, I'm a, I'm a 219.8, so I'm 220 on it. If I want to get another two out of that, I mean, am I looking at maybe, you know, I want to have the, the pistons redone and the, and the valves and the springs and the rockers or lifters, whatever you call them. I mean, what, how, how do I get another 2000 out of that? What, what do I another need to do? Another 200 out of it? 
Mm-hmm. Another two hundred thousand out of it. Yeah, just I was going to say, keep driving it, do the maintenance that you've been doing. Uh, the engine, uh, it's 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 highly likely. I mean, even back in the day before we have the oils we have now, Randy, I had customers that would right. go three hundred k plus on a four liter engine, no problem oh, yeah. whatsoever. So that That's one's easy. It's the rest of the vehicle that you'll have to worry about as you get yeah. up in that mileage. I've I've talked to people that's had three and plus, and I've heard stories of five. I don't know if the tranny lasts that long. No, they don't. I mean, You'll have to have it rebuilt before then. Isn't sooner or later though? I'm going to need you know the the pistons or the rockers no. or the springs nope. or the valves. No, the four liter. You won't. Huh. I, I, so I I'm going to add something, John. I've owned over a hundred XJs. Yeah. <laughs> so from from '97 uh, to 2001. Uh, I've I've sold all except one, which I I'm keeping, and it's a five speed because I've sold a lot of five speed. So right, uh, I can tell you I sold one to a, a couple up in uh, northern Wyoming some years ago. It, it had they drove up. He was a letter carrier, and he drove up, and it had about 280 on it. And yeah. uh, he bought one that I had that had 6,000 actual on it because uh, my niche oh. was always the lowest mileage ones. And yeah, I mean, I know they're tough, they're reliable, they're all that good stuff, but mm-hmm. stuff doesn't last forever. They drove that, it hit 350, and then he could have kept it going, but he, he kept looking at the at the one with the 6,000 yeah. miles. Right. Decided he was going to try. Those, those engines, I've... They'd run forever. They And I've, I've never been left, uh, nope. with the exception of the, uh, uh, what I call the different... Uh, in the 01s, the 2000s, the uh, distributor, what I, which isn't a distributor. That's no. a plastic thing right. that breaks. Right, cam position sensor. Right. Yeah, cam position sensor. Right. Other than that. Yeah, and, the, uh, and, the and old. Real quick, Randy, to reiterate what Bob said there, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Over all the years of owning the shop that I did in Boulder, not far from where even uh, Josh is right now, I, I literally worked on thousands of of those throughout the year and i'm not exaggerating when oh, i say sure. that because the customer base we had and the amount of those that came through the door everything these guys are saying spot on um you can drive that vehicle as long as you want to let's just say it that way yeah now i'll probably just be getting on if i don't want the springs coming up into my butt you know maybe mm-hmm. get my seat oh, no, and they make all that that's easy all that's easy to fix oh yeah so oh yeah i uh just real quick before i get off i mean i thought before i knew it was my exhaust manifold i thought it was a muffler and it wasn't, but the guy told me, and he was straight up, and, and this was this was two years ago, so it's 18, 19, 20 years mm-hmm, old. Mm-hmm. He said, I put, I, if I put you on one right now, this one will last longer than that. Mine already had 20 years on it. Oh, yeah. No, the new ones, the well, new updated, uh, the, the new updated, uh, they're not even manifolds, they're really a header now. They, they've changed that because the old ones would crack. The new the new ones, even in yeah. Napa sells them through Dorman, they'll last forever. Yeah, I, well, I was talking about the muffler itself because that's where I thought it was coming from. But he I said, see. no, just... Leave that, leave that. And I'm not talking to master or none of that, but right. But anyway, so don't worry about that nope, big nope, stuff. Just, nope, just keep driving. Maybe, it. You're good. Maybe the oil oil pump timing chain, and I'm good. You're good. All right, thanks, All right. sir. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Jeff in Western Montana is next. Go ahead, Jeff. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, gents. Any snow up, up there yet? White, uh, what? Just this morning, I woke up to a, a coating of white. I don't know how long it's going to last, but okay. it's our first real snowfall. So okay. Hoping for you guys yeah, as well. send it our way, please. We'll try. Okay. Um, yeah, you piqued my interest with this, so I consulted the interwebs via uh, DuckDuckGo and uh, typed in Colorado Bill of Sale, and the first thing that popped up was a PDF from Colorado.gov mm-hmm. 
Um, yep. And there's probably another dozen at least you got it. that are templates Easy. that yeah, people can do. I mean, I, I, mean I, uh, I years ago made my own, and I've always just kind of used my own, Jeff. You can download those, but I keep one on my desktop for anything that you'd happen to, to sell. Or I get people asking, hey, do you have a copy of a bill of sale? And, and again, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. As long as it's got all the pertinent information and both people are signing it, you're good to go. Yeah, well, that's kind of the interesting point because I've bought some vehicles up here and sold in, in Montana, and so I wanted to compare the two. And the Colorado template looks basically like a Word document. I mean, yep. it has the year, make, model, VIN, date of sale, and amount of sale of the vehicle, and then it just has signatures. It doesn't even have, ask for printed names or addresses or anything. Nope. And then I go to I go to the Montana bill of sale, and, you know, we're pretty backwards up here. But um, <laughs> it has... Has a purchaser address. It has all that relevant information. Asks for driver's license numbers, via, uh, license plate numbers. It asks if it's a salvage vehicle, whether it was sold for parts only. Is the title available? Uh, electronic title transfer acknowledgments and uh, all sorts of rooms for notaries. I mean, it's it's a really a, an elaborate document, and I'm just wondering, you know, why the state of Colorado uh, has basically a word document that doesn't contain everything that that the, uh, a user needs we dropped the notary kinda... on the titles even jeff many 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 moons ago here in colorado titles don't even need notarized anymore right so i mean I just uh if you're going to use that i would advise you get like uh, names and addresses printed for the for the buyer as well so that because uh, if Typical signature somebody scrawls, you don't have any idea what that really is. It's very hard to read. Jeff, this is Bob. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, There's nothing to be proud of in Colorado's form. No. However, you know, when we were dealing with a specific caller who'd called and he was talking about, you know, not signing anything – Something is better than nothing. Yep. Um, but I'm totally in your in your yeah, court. Yeah. The more info, the better. But, Absolutely. But you know, in some cases, Jeff, some of that, you know, again, you could sell to somebody that doesn't have a driver's license, and there's no law that says they have to have a driver's license or even a formal ID. But getting address and name and so on. It, again, it, it, as I said earlier, the guy with the most documents wins always. Yep. Always. And that's kind of what I was trying to the point I was trying to make is just yep. get as much information that's as you right. can. Just don't rely on that first template that you get and go, okay, I've got a bill of sale. Now, kind of think about it. What do you really need if if it does go south and you have to track somebody down or defend yourself? Yeah, the biggest thing too, and we said this earlier, but I want to make sure I reiterate this to everybody listening: take your license plates off. Do not allow the individual to drive out of your driveway or the parking lot you met in to make this transaction happen. Do not let them drive anywhere, even if they've said, oh, I'll send these back to you as soon as I get home. The answer is no, I'm taking them now. Yep. So that's a big one. By the way, the last one I just said, probably even bigger than the bill of sale because you'll get into more problems with parking tickets and all sorts of other things with those plates on than you ever will some of the other things we're talking about. And sometimes if you were gracious enough to take a personal check. (laughs) Never do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, this is is like cash on the barrel head. Or or we go to the bank that your account's at and get a cashier's check hammered right then and there where I can verify everything but yeah we're not doing personal checks you know this is totally unrelated to the main topic today but the other thing that comes to mind is 
you would be amazed, and I, you guys in your shops, I, I have been shocked by how many people over the years I have met who keep their title in blank the glove box. in the glove compartment yeah, of the vehicle. Don't get me started on that. Oh, one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, don't do not do that. Yeah. By the way, so it's the same. It's the same qualifications of common sense or lack thereof. That uh, again, you need to when you're selling something of value like a vehicle, the, you want to get all the information you can. But, right. You know. And and and, and Bob and, brings and, up a great point, and so do you, Jeff. And, and please do not leave your title in the vehicle in fact put that title in a locked up place it is the vehicle and your ownership birth certificate think of it that way we would not run around with our birth certificates in the glove box of a car i don't know why you would run around with a title because jeff to your point a moment ago colorado we don't have to have a title notarized nobody knows who the seller's signature looks like if that title is just hanging around anybody could go fill their name in go find somebody else off the street to sign as the seller and all of a sudden that title gets changed and away we go so please do not do that do not leave that title laying around now, re regarding vehicles that uh, you'd like to see made again, I don't know, this is a little bit off the wall, and it's probably because we just recently bought one. But the the SSR was considered the Corvette, uh, a truck version of the Corvette. That was their goal anyway. Mm -hmm. And it never quite it never quite made it to that. Nope. Um, but it is a, a very you know unique individual and, and Wife was really happy with yeah, they, it. Yeah, they never. But I was wondering. A, that's a vehicle that never took off for them. And it, marketing, I can tell you, that's a lot of it was the marketing side of it. They never did a good job. Same reason why you know, I own this car. You know, the regular Chevy SS. That's what it was called. Was a Chevy SS. They built it from 2014 to 2017. A few in 2018, not very many. But that car was terribly marketed as well. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they over. It was highly priced. It was under the first few years were pretty underpowered mm -hmm. uh, compared to what the, yep. the L2 or LS2, I guess it is. But I was just wondering, what would they if they wanted to kind of do the same thing again with the current model of, of the Corvette? You know, if they wanted to put a different body on the frame and call it a try, I wonder what that would sell like. I have no idea with the mid-engine. I have no clue. Yeah, it'd be. It'd be pretty difficult to, to that one. Yeah, that one'd be tough to there. retro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just food for thought. Things that make you go. Hmm. No worries, Jeff. As always, appreciate it. Uh, send some snow our way, would you? I'll try. All right, man. Appreciate it, Wayne. Joe, guys, hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. This month at Geno's Auto Service in Littleton, receive a new set of windshield wipers with any service over fifty dollars. It won't be long before the cold weather returns, so now is a good time to make sure your vehicles are serviced and in good condition. At Geno's, any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a Napa Peace of Mind warranty, covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles, so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. This month only, take advantage of free windshield wipers with any service over $50 when you mention this ad on KLZ. For over 38 years, Geno's has been serving customers all along the front range. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Be sure to check out Geno's excellent Google reviews. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. 
A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. Don't say anything and don't give any information that is asked. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone, 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. We'll get right to it. Uh, one line open is all 303-477-5600. Wayne, you're next. What's going on, Wayne? Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, I bought a 99 Grand Cherokee that I am currently fixing up to give to my granddaughter. Okay. And um, it has the V8 and the all-time four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Um, the vehicle's been reasonably well maintained i've done a few little things to a window regulator door stop mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. uh, but on i notice on the heating and air conditioning controls on the fan control um, it works on all positions but number one and number two for the fan are exactly the same and then three and four are higher i'm wondering if that's just the uh, blower resistor that needs to be replaced probably not blend door yeah, it could be blend door. Th- those were, you know, uh, not as how should I say this, Josh? Uh, Common failure. Yeah, they're yeah they're the, yeah, and and they're not as simple as what I guess I was trying to say as the previous generations were. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you could try the other resistor, but it also could be the switch or any of it. That's the problem with those. It wasn't, you know, a lot of cars. It's always the resistor. You almost need to take a voltmeter to the incoming of that and see what the switch is doing and how it's controlling that, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Okay, so look, there's an equal likelihood that the switch is bad as well as the uh, resistor. Could be either exactly. or. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it does the same thing on air conditioning and heat. You know, one and two are exactly. Yeah, that's going to be on both, the fan end of both it then. number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it won't be more. Okay. That'll be more on the fan side, not the blender side, because if it's if it's switching the temperature side, okay, and that's working properly, and switching the venting even, and it's just a fan speed issue, then it's what Josh is saying. All right. How big a job is that? Is that a uh, backyard mechanic type of repair, or is that something that has to be done by a pro? No, they're not too bad. No, I think the blowers are pretty yeah, easy. They're not bad. The worst part is actually getting the switch out. That's, yeah, that's the hardest the part dash, on the dash. Breaking yeah. half the dash. Right. 
Okay. So what's the what's the easiest way to determine the um, uh, whether the switch is um, bad? Do I have to? Uh, is there a way to meter that without pulling the dash apart? Yeah, I think you can easily get to the two wire connector to the blower on it, and then put a voltmeter okay. on it, and you should see a change in voltage on that one. I don't think that was the MOSFET style. I think it was still the old resistor style. Well, would that determine whether the switch or the resistor? It would. That will determine if you're on the motor. Well, that'll determine whether it's the either one. So you have to actually disconnect the resistor side of it and see what you get from the switch. Okay. All right. Well, I'll dive into it. I appreciate your help, guys. Oh, is there anything else that I should be worried about on that particular model that I need to check out before I give it to her? Just uh, get a general inspection on it is what I would do. I've done that, and uh, uh, it was curse. I think it was somewhat cursory, but uh, uh, everything checked out good. Like I said, it's been pretty well maintained. Yeah, and those are usually pretty good units, so I think you'll be fine yep. with it. All right, good. Thanks, guys. Wayne, as Thank always, you. appreciate it, man. Uh, have a great week. We appreciate it very much. Good weekend, I should say. And uh, Jersey Joe is next. Go ahead, Joe. Well, John, let me apologize for first calling twice in the same That's day. That's okay. But... You're fine. Two different shows. We're good. All right. Hey, uh, when I called you this morning on Fix It Radio, I was actually getting my first oil change in that new Telluride. And when I got the bill, I'm looking down at the bill, and it says 6.8 quarts of oil, which is as much as my 5.7, you know, Hemi Your truck Hemi, in, my, yeah. in my Durango. And this is a 3.8 liter uh, V6. So my question is, number one, is that a standard now to have an oil reservoir that large? That's part one of my question. I don't know. If, I don't know if standards the right answer. Uh, I mean, they do every one of those a little differently, but it is not uncommon in today's world to not have a round number for the oil capacity. Um, it was basically, you know, uh, seven liters of oil, which came out to you know six point eight quarts. Right. But then going along with that, uh, then the manual I was in the book, and it says, and oil changes at seventy five hundred mile intervals. Now, given how large that oil capacity reserve is. Uh, or, or you think 7,500 is okay, or is that excessive? On a direct injection engine, that's about right on that vehicle. Okay, so you'd be you, you'd be okay going yep. 7,500 miles with that sure. large of a reservoir. Be fine. I remember we used to have uh, gen sets on flatbed trailers up in uh, Gillette, Wyoming, that ran 24/7 powering gas wells, uh, and we used to have these big auxiliary oil tanks. I think they held like 12 gallons a piece, and you know we'd go, you know. I don't know how many hours in a month, you know, 24-7 in a month, but we, you know, let's see, 24, yeah, we go 700 hours of oil changes. So, mm -hmm. but you're okay with that? Yep, I'm fine with that. Your call has been forwarded to an right, automated voice right. message. appreciate it very much, Joe. Thank you, and we're, uh, Mike. I think we're having some uh, phone issues here. Are we, are we having phone issues, Charlie? Is that our issue? Okay, yeah. So those of you that are calling in, we're going to reboot our phone system. We're having some issues on incoming calls. So what we'll do in the process is take a quick break. Before that, though, uh, somebody just uh, emailed in. And so if you're trying to call, hang tight. Give me about five minutes, and we'll take some calls here in just a minute as we come back from break. But in the meantime, got an email. This is a good email, by the way, because this question probably comes up, especially on older vehicles, but even on some newer vehicles more often than you would think. 69 Mach 1 that needs completely rebodied due to several wrecks that have occurred throughout the years, plus bad bodywork, plus hail damage, plus the last paint job not done correctly. 
uh, as not neutralizing the paint remover, resulting in corrosion, so excessive you know, holes throughout, so on and so forth. I'm the original owner, and the car has over 200,000 miles on it. My question is, thinking of purchasing a Dynacorn a Ford sanctioned complete body and being that I'm the original owner of that VIN number, can the VIN legally be transferred from the old body to the new? That's a question more for you, Bob, than it is even me. Thoughts? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know the exact legal answer on this. Yeah. I would say yes, I, I, but I don't know for sure. That's mine too. We, uh, I don't have my laptop going, but uh, I can. I can contact the state patrol, yeah, but the fellow that I need to speak to isn't working today, I'm sure. Um, and, and that would be the ultimate yeah. question answerer in this. So, uh, I Larry, had a, And Larry, you're the one that, that emailed in, so it, it, my answer would be talk to a governing authority first, like the state patrol. And if yep. you're going to do this prior to doing all of this, have them come by, look at the vehicle, look at the title, the registration, all those different things before you do anything with the plate. Actually, and, and Larry, if you want, uh, text or email John your contact information. Uh, we will reply back with a direct phone number to the Actually, officer. I'm sending it to Bob as we speak, so you don't need to do anything. Okay. Bob, I'll just send it to you right, right. now. And, and I will, I'll, get it, I'll get you a contact uh, name and number at the, at the uh, Golden Office of the State Patrol, who handles that exclusively, and that'll be a good start because it's a great question. I had a uh, I had a rebodied uh, Cobra a couple of years ago, and uh, I'm trying to remember. And I'm have you got me curious. I'm gonna, when I go home, I'm gonna look at my paperwork and see uh, if I have an indication on what we did with it, that. But yeah, again, I'll give you the contact information. <clears throat> you can call him. Uh, he's most helpful, and he'll he'll expect your call. I'll give him a heads up. All right, guys, with that, we uh, will take a quick break. We do have lines now open. We rebooted our system. Feel free to call in 303-477-5600, and we'll get you right on air. And, uh, again, we appreciate it very much. We'll be right back halfway through the program. Got an hour and a half left. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Kins and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This time of year, as the leaves begin to turn, so do our thoughts on our summer toys. Now, we must turn to the winterization of some of our prized possessions, like our RVs, boats, motorcycles, and jet skis. Winterizing your entire RV could be a whole episode of drive time on its own, but today we're going to focus on protecting the key fluids in all of your summer vehicles throughout the winter. First, let's talk about the gas. The shelf life on most gasolines is only about three to six months. By the time the gasoline actually gets into your tank, it is already many weeks old, which means that there's very little chance the gasoline in your tank today will still be in optimum condition when you dust off your toys next spring. You want to ensure that you protect your gasoline with a top-tier fuel stabilizer like the BG CF5. You also need to protect your batteries over the winter, we recommend a battery tender stay connected at all times whenever your vehicle operation will be longer than a couple of weeks in between. Before freezing temperatures set in, it is critical to ensure that the antifreeze in your vehicle has proper freeze protection. Additionally, you must ensure that the pH balances on your antifreeze are correct so that you're protecting your entire cooling system from freezing and corrosion throughout the winter. 
The simple addition of BG Supercool can help protect against corrosion as your coolant sits through the winter. If your vehicle is going to be parked outside, we also recommend protecting any exposed organic materials like rubber or leather with a good canvas or synthetic cover to protect these materials from the harsh UV rays of the sun or the harsh freezing temperatures of the winter. These few tips will keep your toys working in perfect order so that when the sun comes out next spring, you'll be ready to hit the trail, lake, or campground without any new costly repairs. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio increase comfortability in your home with a uv air purifying system from absolute Absolute Electrical Heating and Air offers dynamic air solutions you won't find at most HVAC companies. Unfortunately, not all air purification products deliver on their promises. Before selecting a product, the team at Absolute personally met with the scientists who developed the technology, installing systems in their own homes to make sure they really work. The science makes sense. Your ultraviolet purifier attaches to your furnace, killing particles like dust, mold, and even most viruses at the source before the air blows through your vents into the rest of your house. One small unit purifies the air throughout your home, eliminating odors. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air today for an air purifier that works. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, Classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value? Do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year? Paul Lewinberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry. American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like like you. Chrome stands for classic, antique, or modern classic, hot rod or street rod, replica or kit car, original, unrestored, modified or custom, exotic, rare or unique, and in excess of $100,000 in appraised value. Don't insure your special car with anyone else. Get the best coverage at the best price by calling Paul today, 303-662-0789, or find him on our website, drive-radio.com, That's drive-radio.com. Do you want to get an extra special Christmas gift for your best corporate client to say thank you for their business in 2021? Or do you need a special gift for that special man in your life that's hard to shop for because he already has everything he wants? 
RanchFreshMeats.com has a great supply of premium gift boxes ready to ship this week and all the way up to Christmas. Nothing says thank you like a box of perfectly aged Wagyu steaks, a box of natural smoked bacon and hams, a case of bison tenderloin steaks, or a case of assorted premium pork, beef, and bison items. All gift boxes are 10% off during the month of December, so get your Christmas shopping done early at RanchFreshMeats.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Lines are fixed, by the way, so lines are full. We'll get going on these as soon as somebody drops off calls. We'll get you right on air. we got lots of questions coming in. One that came in via text message, I'm going to have Bob uh, help us answer, but it was pretty unanimous when we all asked each other. And somebody asked, uh, you know, prices of used cars are high, Tacoma especially. This was a specific question about Tacomas. And do we see these prices going down anytime soon? And Bob had a great answer. It's a two-letter word beginning with N. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. So point being, if you find a really good used car or new car that you like and you can afford it and it's within your budget and and you think it's one of those things that's going to work well for you, uh, folks, I'm just going to tell you, don't delay. Because the longer you delay, either you're not going to find that car again or you're not going to be able to, you know, that car won't be the same price as it is today either. So, yeah. The answers are I don't see prices in that world changing anytime soon. So I think Mike in Arvada has been the longest hold. Go ahead, Mike. Good afternoon. Or good morning, sir. Good morning. Question or, for yes, you. Yes, go ahead. Okay, it's still morning. Yes, it is. <laughs> I have I have a seventy eight Jeep C J five. Okay. That was that was left to me by a very close friend when he died. Okay. And it would not pass emissions. Only has one hundred ten thousand miles on it, but it's and it, okay. I'm I'm restoring it ground up. Okay. I have recently bought about six weeks ago an acreage in Cra- north of Craig, Colorado, and twelve miles south of Bags, Wyoming. Okay. I have never licensed this vehicle. I would put it up I'm there. Thinking, but then I'm thinking that if I was to do it, yes. Do I go to Craig? Yes. Or do I go to Bags, Wyoming? Oh, if it, it has to be where where your address is okay. located, so it would have to be Craig okay, in well, that case. Okay, and then do I license it now and get whatever kind of license plates, even though it doesn't run? Because what I'm looking yes. at is I he- keep hearing that we're going to have a mission statewide. Yes, I would do it now, and, mm-hmm. and I would like to take it out and not put a catalytic converter on it. Yeah, well, not only that on that year, but you've got air devices, you know, in air injection devices and so on on the on the exhaust side, you would have to put back on it as well. So it's not just the cat side. There's a ton on that vehicle that really just kind of crud it up. So, yeah, if you can do that now, Mike, and avoid all of that, do so. Okay. Now, yes. second question. I have, I'm going to purchase a uh, Polaris Ranger for that ranch property. Nice. Do, do I license it up there as well? There's no license plates on it. But no, that one will be the address. UTV license, I yeah. believe. That's a statewide deal you have to do through Parks okay. and Rec, and that office is located down off of uh, Santa Fe and 470. Okay. That's where you you can mail it in, or you can go to the office down there and do it there. Okay, and I talked to you before when you had the fella on from Jasper, mm-hmm. and it's a 304 V8, mm-hmm. and I was talking to you about fuel injection, especially up there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I would you you guys you both suggested a 360. Yeah, I would do having, the 360 with the Howell fuel injection if you're going to fuel inject it. It's the simplest. It works well, 
It's a speed density system, which works really well for what you're trying to do. There's less sensors and things that have to go on it. It's a really, really clean, reliable, by the way, system to put on that Jeep. Okay, and then take off all of the emissions. Yep, all the carburetor, the everything else pump. goes away. Perfect. Yep. I'm so glad I called. Thank and, you. And, and by the way, for everybody listening, he's going to have a cleaner vehicle mm-hmm. all said and done doing that than you would have with all the original garbage that was on it. So for all you greenies Perfect. listening, so we're not affecting the environment at all. We're actually helping it. No, and I then I can grandfather when they change That's right. all the rules. That's right. You're good all to right. go. Great question, by the way, Mike. No, thank you very much. Yeah, for all of you listening, what Mike's talking about there is there is some solid conversation going on right now. And and do not be surprised if in the next two to five years, I think it'll take at least a couple, but in the next two to five years, do not be shocked if there's not a statewide emissions program for both gas and diesel vehicles. The diesel has already expanded out of what we have gas-wise in the state already. Do not be shocked if that's not a complete statewide program across the board where some of you right now that are laughing at those of us in the front range because we have to do emissions, uh, don't laugh too long because you're liable to be in that same program. Am I right, guys? Yeah, very much so. So do, do not be shocked. So any of you in that position that Mike was just in, if you can register something now and get a grandfather down the road on that classic-type car end of things, I would highly recommend you get that done sooner than later. So, Eric and, in Denver, you're next, sir. Hey, you guys. Great show. Um, I have a uh, 1979 Le Mans, okay. and it's got air pollution stuff on it, and none of it really works. If I sell that car, do I have to title it as a tollway or, or a uh, salvage? Depends. You do not have to do salvage, no. We would never tell you to do a salvage title on something because that's a completely different nomenclature for the title anyways if it doesn't pass emissions which legally speaking it's supposed to but given the vintage of that vehicle and what you're doing if you just marked it as a tow away non-emissions compliant vehicle and had all that in the bill of sale like we've talked through the program you'd be fine okay so i would have to mark it on the title and put it in writing on a separate piece of paper I would, no, yes. Not mark that on the title. Yeah, not on the title, on the bill of sale. Sorry, yeah. yes, sorry. I'm glad Bob caught that. On the bill of sale, yes. The oh, title is I the title. See. Okay, so I can sell it as a tollway, and then they cannot drive it till they have it tested. Is well, that that's, again, it depends on who you sell it to, where they're at, where they're located, what they're going to do with it. Yeah, honestly, Eric, the chances of you selling that to somebody that's going to retitle that even in, in Colorado, frankly, or in our emissions area, uh, they're probably going to, somebody's going to take that vehicle, restore it, do some things with it. So I, not a huge concern. Okay. And then in about, I had another question in about two years, I am going to move to Salt Lake City, Utah, and I looked on the Internet, and that car is exempt from emissions tests. Now, since I'm bringing it in for the first time, would I uh, take the title to the DMV, and then would I have to have it tested? I have no idea how Utah works. I'm not in that area. That one I can't answer. Nor can I. I I don't think it's going to be an issue if they don't have an emission test requirement. You'll be in the what we would call the front range of of uh, Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, uh, I would suggest that you could probably make a phone call out there, or you could send a an email to the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles in Utah, and mm-hmm. you could probably get your uh, question answered real easy. Oh, I see. 
Okay, and then I don't know if you guys know this, but same thing. If I sell it there, I would just make it a tollway. Yep. Then no, I, I, I don't. I have no idea. Utah could have yeah. completely. If on the emission side of the fence, on that end of it, there, Eric. I, again, I can't answer that. I don't know. Okay, but okay. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome, Eric. I wish I could answer that state to state, but guys, I do well enough to know what's going on in Colorado. Nonetheless, all of our neighboring states and their rules and regulations. So, Dean and Greeley, you're next, sir. Go ahead. Yes, um, thank you for taking my call. I'm just wondering about um, my son had bought a car through Mannheim okay. and fixed it up, sold it again, and the guy he sold it to um, was going to trade it in a couple, couple weeks ago, and they found out that car, which originally sold with 116,000 miles on, actually had 190,000 on. Okay. So... Somebody turned on, turned back the speedometer or something, mm-hmm. odometer. Um, is there any, if a dealership did that, is there ramifications for the dealership? We were thinking it got turned back at the dealership. It depends. And we don't know that. Uh, he bought for it. Sure. For, okay, let me, you said he bought it from Mannheim, but he bought it from a dealer, correct? He bought it through Mannheim. But did yeah, he, he, he buy it through it? But he bought it through. He wrote the. He paid a dealer. Or did he pay Mannheim? Or, well, he couldn't if he's less. He's licensed. Yeah. He couldn't. He can't. Well, I'm a, wholesale, I'm, I'm a wholesaler. Okay. Oh. I have a wholesale license. So, so, did, so did you buy it from Mannheim or the dealer, Dean? I bought it from Mannheim. Then it would have to go back to them if you can prove they knew that it had well, been rolled back. But then you couldn't sell it to him direct, so who did, who's, he had to buy it from a dealer. You had well, to assume. No, he went, yeah, he went to a dealer. Then I sold it to a dealer here in Greeley, okay. and he sold it to my son. Okay. Okay, and so you, you, the dealer who sold it to your son has a, resp- has a responsibility has a responsibility. You have nothing because a wholesale license does not allow you to sell retail, as you, you and I know. Correct. So it so, goes to the retail yeah. dealer. Right. So when you sold it to the retail dealer, uh, his, if there is a problem, the retail dealer would file a, a, uh, a could file a complaint against you because it transferred through your paperwork as well, and then that would go back to Mannheim. And I've had one car in you know thirty years that I had that type of experience with, and um, there was a valid complaint, and Mannheim handled it, but uh, why don't you just run a Carfax? I mean, that would be a good place to start, or have you already done that? Yeah. Actually, the, a dealer, my son lives out in Utah, and so, and the guy who sold, he sold the car to then, or the dealer he sold that was trading the vehicle into ran a Carfax, and that's when they found out that that it had 190,000, not 116,000 on. So, so to cut to the chase, because we're running up against a break, Dean. Where where yeah. does it stand right now? Did he trade it? Did he not trade it? Where are we at with it? I think he traded it to a dealership, and for all I know, it'll probably go back on Mannheim sometime again. So, is a dealer I'm, trying to go well, back on your son, or or what's going you know, on with that? No, nobody's trying to go back on him, and the guy he sold it to has. No problem, because my son didn't know. Okay. You know, we just thought it had 116. Well, I'm just wondering, does Mannheim have any responsibility? Uh, like I said earlier, it depends. I don't know. If they made a mis- if they made a mistake, or if they were something was misrepresented in the auction chain, yes. But uh, was it marked actual or TMU? 
when you bought it? Actually, it was it was marked as actual. Okay, well, I would, you know, then you should would look go to at, Mannheim. Look at, well, before you do that, look at, the, you have a copy of the uh, Carfax, right? Yeah. Okay, well, you oh, should. Oh, no, I don't. That's a well, dealership in Utah that has it. Well, get a copy of it I and see when the, see what the chain. I know where Bob's going here. Get a copy of the yeah. Carfax and see where the chain of custody went and when that mileage changed, and that'll tell you where to go. Okay, sounds good. Okay, appreciate it, Dean, very okay. much. I appreciate it. And uh, all right, real quick before we take a break, because that just triggered something in my brain. So, Steve, Mike, bear with me for just one second, guys. I have a real issue, huge issue, not in this particular case, but I have a huge issue with retail buyers being at auctions. And the reason why I do is because it screws the market up. And Bob knows exactly what I mean by this. Retail buyers will pay more for a car than a wholesaler would pay for a car, and it screws up auction prices. So, guys, I'm going to say this straight up. If you're a retail customer, stop going to auctions. Because all you're doing is screwing up the used car market when you do. And I mean that sincerely. You guys that go to auctions that are the retail buyer looking to buy a car at retail are screwing up the market. You may not know it, but you are. Because the guys that are buying the cars wholesale have to make money. That's how the system works. So the only way they can make money is if they can take the car and then go retail it or take it to a dealer and wholesale it again. You know where I'm going with this. When you're buying the car straight from auction to go retail, you're screwing the market up. We wonder why prices are up. You're part of the problem. I'm being honest, guys. You're, Bob's over here nodding his head. You're part of the issue. Stop doing that. Well, I, I won't get into the last <laughs> phone call, but I was caught off guard, and that's why I asked the questions. Right. Okay. We'll come back. I'm sorry. Off my soapbox. We'll be right back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. 
Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Arvada West Auto and Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden, and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years, and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004 at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto and Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. All right, real quick, I want to make sure I explain what I meant a moment ago about retail buyers at auctions and how that screws up the market. Guys, the auctions work off of the pricing of, and I realize that auctions are auctions. They'll bring whatever the people there are buying. But when you see the average price for cars coming out of auctions, those are based off of algorithms that are coming out of the auction market. So anytime retail buyers are there upping the prices of cars, it changes that algorithm and therefore really affects the market in a, I guess you could say, positive way for those guys selling, but in a negative way for the guys that are buying. That's probably the best way for me to say that. Mike, you've been holding a long time. Thanks so much for listening to me rant. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Mike. Westminster, you're up. Yeah. I just uh, recently bought a used Mercury uh, Montego. Okay. And uh, but I had it only for two days, and it's, I find out it's running really super bad. Like, if I'm driving down the street 30, 40 miles an hour at a steady speed, it's okay. But once I press on my gas to try to pass the car up or get on the highway, it really sputters or backfires or does something. It jerks the whole car. Bad, I mean. And it's like, okay. try to die out, but once I get it to a steady speed, it's, it's okay. Okay. But when I come, when I come to a stop, I, I'm sitting there and I die out. I start right back up. It starts right back up. And I take off and it like jerks the whole car. What, what year is it, Mike, uh, by chance? 2005. Okay. And what have you done to it, if any? Uh, nothing. So, somebody will need to run that thing through a set of diagnostics and determine what's going on. Does it have a misfire? If so, why? Is it electronic? Is it fuel-related? Honestly, I, without some of that information coming back to us, I have no idea. Okay, because it seems like it's all right when it's cold when I first started up in the morning, but once it gets warm, it's bad. And Bob's got a great question. Did it do that when you test drove it before buying it? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I did. Okay. All right. Yeah, then it's got an issue. Again, somebody's need to need to going to go through do some diagnosis. In Westminster, your closest is Arvada West. Take it over there to uh, uh, Richie over there at Arvada West, and he can he can look at it for you. And where is that located at? They're right off of about 64th and not quite Ward Road. They're just east of 64th and Ward on 64th. Okay, I know what it's at. Yep. Okay. Go see those guys. Right. They'll take care of you, Mike. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I'm going to get a few more of these in here before the top of the hour. Steve in Lakewood, you're next. Hi, I've got a uh, 2003 Audi A6 2.7T Quattro sedan, okay. four-door. And... Uh, 
it the, the uh, check engine light comes on all the time on it. It's done that periodically. We bought it in 2006. You know, it was three years old then, I guess. Okay. And it's been worked on, and, and and I don't know what they did, but the check engine light would go off, and, and then after, you know, a few thousand more miles, you know, maybe five or 10,000, it'd come on again, come on again. Finally, you know, it just comes on, and, and it stays on now. We had it into a dealership, uh, and he said he fixed everything, but he didn't do whatever was necessary to get the check engine light to come off, uh, to go off. He said it would pass inspection and everything, but it was, uh, and I don't know what it was, you know, exactly, but he replaced the timing belt and and something else and fixed the oil leak, but the oil leak is coming back now. Is it worth putting more money into this car now at at this age, 125,000 miles? Uh, well, it is an A6. Yeah, it is an A6. But you don't know what the codes were at all, whether it was CAC code or, or EVAP. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the codes were, no. The fact that it goes away for a while, I'm thinking it's one of either EVAP or CAC, because those are the ones that take the longest drive cycle. So you can usually drive it for half a week, a few days before they come back, you know. Uh-huh. So uh, if it is CAT... You know, that's what you really need to figure out what it yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends. Because, yeah. We, this is another one of those, uh, Steve, where, again, it, we need more info to help you make the right decision. I don't know. Oh, I see. Okay. So if so, if I call that dealer back and get the in- codes, I guess he would have the codes Should on have been on the Should paperwork. Have, yeah. yeah. Supposed to be. Uh, or maybe it was on the paperwork, and I that was a, about a year ago when I... Well, and they, if, if he went to a dealer or anybody that's... You know, modern has a modern shop. Even all of our independents will have all of that electronically stored. So, shouldn't be a problem to get another copy of that. Okay, uh, I would like to get it fixed and everything. My wife doesn't want to get it fixed. She says we've dumped enough money into it. Well, and again, <laughs> I I could help you a little even through email or text message. I could help you a little more if you give me some more info. Oh, okay. And how do I uh, email you then? What would I do? What's that? John J O H N at drive hyphen radio dot com. So drive dash radio dot com. Drive Radio. And in between Josh and I, we can help you figure it out. John at DriveRadio.com. You got okay. it. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, uh, thanks, Stephen. It's Drive with a hyphen, Radio.com. So Drive-Radio.com. Or you can go right to the website. Just Actually, you can Google Drive Radio. Our website's first. It comes right up. You can go there, send me a message. Really easy, and we can help you with that that way as well. Uh, Conrad, you're next, sir. What's going on? Uh, this kind of ties in with your talking about these emissions laws that are coming up. You know that 429 or 460 boss engine we're wanting to build? Yes. We're, yeah, well, anyway, I've been talking with my buddy Jim Herzog and Rob McGuire about this, and he's thinking since that car was built in 76 that uh, they're going to probably not let it. I mean, we could get in trouble for building that. Is that something to worry about? Or you said something about grandfathering it in. You've got so collector I, plates on it already, do you not? Well, they're... They're custom plates. They're not collector plates, really. Uh, what year? If I, if I put the collector plates on it, would that, would that protect you'd have it? To, you have to get an initial emissions. So when? how are you doing the emissions on it now, Conrad, or do you? I don't. Because you're outside of the area, right? Right. Go, uh, go get, go get, get rid of and, and I hate to say this, but get rid of your your you know vanity plate. Go get a collector plate and get the five year at a time and then all of this is a moot point it's gone it's done you don't have to worry about it well that's great news man because i was getting worried about that you know if we 
I'd have to put caps back on it and the air pump and all that stuff. You, you, I don't want you that on would. There. They, and, and by the way, they are correct in that, but they don't quite know your whole circumstances. Go get your, again, sorry, get rid of the vanity plate. Go put it on the wall someplace. Hang on to it. But, uh, uh, you know, go get the collector plates right now and you'll be in good shape. You think I could use the same numbers I've got on, on there now? I don't know if they, they let you do that on collectors or not. I don't. I, that's an answer I don't have, and, and Bob doesn't that's either. A kind of, that's a custom plate I yeah, came up I, with myself. I know? don't know if they'll do that on the collector site. I, I can't. You, you'd have to ask them on that, Conrad. I don't know. You know what I think about our government, so anyway. That, that's well, and it's, it's, a, it's an easy but, phone call. Just call DMV and ask them, say, hey, I've got this vanity plate now. I'd like to move it into the collector plate. I've got the vehicle that qualifies. Can I do that? I'm sure glad I called you, man. Okay. Conrad, i got to run to break. Thank you very much. Lynn and Littleton, hang tight. I'll take you next. We have two lines open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.